Today, we've got part two of my interview with the wonderful Janice Francisco. And we're talking a lot about creative problem solving and collaboration to produce results with your team. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello and welcome back. Today we've got part two of my interview with the wonderful Janice Francisco, who's the founder and CEO and principal consultant of Bridgepoint Effect. And we're talking a lot about creative problem solving and collaboration to produce results with your team. Part one was a fascinating deep dive into the realms of creative problem solving my lovely guest, Janice Francisco, shared a lot of insights into how businesses and companies are struggling to bring about the kinds of change and innovation necessary to respond to today's challenges. We talked about bringing lasting results from transformation projects in particular. We talked about empowering your team, whether they're employees or contract freelancers or VAs. And we started to touch on the fact that engaging in creative problem solving, especially to find solutions to some of the gigantic challenges post-pandemic, is often a brand new way of working for people. Now, at the end of part one, I had so many questions still ongoing, and it seemed a good place to pause. And in particular, I asked Janice a question about what the starting points would be for a leader in their business and their team. Does it start with hiring or is it more about training people in the process and how to be effective? So we do not recommend using that as part of a hiring process because uh, really what you're looking for is technical skills in a hire, right? You need expertise around particular things and you want somebody to hit the ground running with the ability to do certain kinds of work for you. We can train. This is around how people engage in creative process. This is about how they solve problems effectively. This is about how they collaborate effectively. Sure, and they might have worked in this way before. So they may not have, and most people haven't. You know, most most people who find out about this go, "Holy crow! Crow! I wish I'd known." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people are really like they find the whole process quite revelatory because they go, "Oh." That's why I have trouble with that person. That's that's why this happens at home. That's why this happens at work. Like they, uh, you know, they get it and they, but you know, they look at it not from a oh god, there's something wrong with me. They go oh wow, this is what makes me great and unique, and here's the things that keep you know blindsiding me or getting in my way. And wow, this is the this is all I need to do to get over that. So we're we're showing them you know the key to themselves, but we're showing them how to get over those things that they are maybe missing doing. Because if we're not naturally doing a step in this process, if we only like doing one of the steps, we're always going to keep trying to solve a problem looking through one lens, but there's four different things we need to be looking at. So so it's it's important that they understand that and 
and then, you know, have that pathway to there. It almost feels like, you know, you're, you're saying it's okay to have emotion around these things, but here's how you manage it. Yes. If we're trying to work through a challenge, again, you've got to think about this as solving a problem is a creative process and creativity requires a, some level of passion and emotion. And there's going to be ups and downs. I mean, how many times have you tried to leverage something in your business when you found yourself frustrated at what was happening? Or you were upset that it wasn't working out the way that you wanted it to work out, or you were elated because something worked, right? Like it's very much an emotional roller coaster. So is change. Anytime we're changing something in an organization. So we need to be aware of that. And often it's because as we start to shift through the very different stages of solving that problem, we're having to draw on energy or resources that we either have very easily coming to us, or we have to work a little harder to get at it. You know, if I said to you one day, show up and work using your opposite hand all day long, you'd be exhausted at the end of the day. Well, the same thing happens with our brains and the way that we solve problems. If we like to solve a problem in one particular way, and all of a sudden we're working through stuff that requires us to work in a different way, it's going to take more energy from us. We can do it, but it's going to take more energy. Absolutely. And there's so many parallels there with, with a lot of what we talk about in entrepreneurial resilience, indeed, because it's about getting out of your comfort zone or, or almost, you know, the, the real successful entrepreneurs, are the ones that they love that challenge. You know, I can see when you're talking, you're, you've got a big smile on your face because it's like, you know, this is part of the process, folks. You know, this is what you have to get into. And a lot of people find that they don't want to be uncomfortable. It feels stressful. It feels, you know, they get anxious about whether they're making the right decisions it's all part of the process is, is kind of what I'm hearing. And you embrace that and somehow channel it and have fun with it. You know, it's funny you talk about entrepreneurs because one of the things we did a um, global research study a couple of years ago, and we looked at who is attracted to innovation and change in organizations and what happens to cause things to slow down. And in part of the research, what we had to do was go back and look into the database of this assessment and the results that we were getting. We needed to look at what was happening in the general population at the time, and we needed to look at what was happening in different uh, functions and job categories. And what we found was that entrepreneurs had a very similar profile to corporate innovators and the preference that they have for approaching challenges is ideation. So they love to have ideas. And we see that, right? Many entrepreneurs get into business because they've got an idea. They've got something they want to bring out into the world. But in order to see that come into the world in full form, they need to clarify. There's the strategic part, because I know you're all about strategy, Jay. Um, You know, they've got to clarify, you know, what it is they're doing. They've got to put some structure around that idea. They've got to make sure that it has a fit in the market. And then they've got to develop out that idea so that it fits into the right market and it's being marketed in the right way. And then they've got to watch what happens when they get it out there and take the feedback on what's happening. Well, the majority of entrepreneurs have one preference, ideate, which means that when they have to go and work in those other realms, You know, again, everybody can do this. We all engage in the entire process, but it takes more effort. 
And I think it explains a lot when you hear about businesses as they start to leverage and grow, you see that often the, the founder, the person who started realizes they need to step back because the business needs something else, right? It's grown to the point where it's gone beyond that person and their vision. It, it needs more structure and more help around it. So it's really interesting to see how that happens and how it plays out. But the more that we can be aware of that, the more we can keep ourselves in check, the more we can be kinder to ourselves when we're doing some heavy lifting around some things that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't naturally where we want to spend our time. But, you know, as I said, we can all do it. We just have to be using some process and tools to make it easier on ourselves as we go. Totally, totally. And I always remember the, um, the stories around Apple or Virgin, you know, these sort of big companies where there's always a why guy, an ideas guy, you know, the Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, and, and then there's the how guy, the uh, implementation people, the, the ones that take that idea and then make it, they make it happen in reality on the ground. And I think as business owners, we're, we're trying to be both those people in, in change and innovation, which is challenging. There's so many hats we need to wear as entrepreneurs. And there's, there's so much that we need to do, which why I think it's really important to, you know, if you're using VAs or you're using other people to help you get to that vision, it's really important to tap them as much as you can to, to get them enrolled in that vision and understand, you know, where it is you're going, why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, because when they're working for you, they have to be looking at what they're doing through your lens. They need to yeah, be looking yeah. at it through, you know, what it's doing. And if, if they don't understand that, it becomes very difficult for them to be effective. And I see this happen so often, again, in corporate environments where, you know, we've sat down with a team and we're working with a team and the leader and, and we do some initial work with them. And sometimes people say, you know, this is the, I've worked here for 10 years. And this is the first time that I actually understand this, or this is the first time that I get that. And it's like, okay, so, all right, let's move on from there. But what did we miss? We can't afford to miss that brilliance, right? Like there's lots going on. Yeah, there's a lot of people, they just hire a VA and it is that transactional, you know, these are the tasks I want you to do uh, without thinking about what they also bring to the table. Um, I, I did a session a while back, as you probably know, on outsourcing. And, you know, I think some of this is part of the induction and the onboarding, um, but also just the culture building. As you grow the organization, team and culture become a really important component, not just those transactional get the tasks done. So everything you're saying makes total sense in that context as well. I'd like to ask you a little bit about... You know, we, there's this, this frameworks that, that we know of, like Belbin and MBTI, and that talk about teams and roles and personalities in it. But what is it that you that makes your approach um, and the tools that you've developed distinct? What do you draw on? What do you do differently? Um, a lot of the work that we do is based in creative problem solving, and we're using it based on the foresight model. So that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-H-T. So creative problem solving goes back 65 years at least. It's the most researched problem solving model in the world. And what happened, kind of the story there was that 
Gerard Puccio, who was the developer of the Foresight Assessment, of course, was heavily involved in the field doing research. And he started to observe some very interesting things. And he observed that when people were approaching challenges um, and he was teaching them this process, some people were really excited at certain aspects of it and others hated other aspects of it. That got him curious and that led to him developing the assessment to put that out. So this was a piece of research that uncovered that universal creative process. And when I saw that, I, I went, oh my God, this is the key to so much around how teams work, what, what goes on. And because of where I was coming from, I saw so many teams get discombobulated whenever they found themselves in new territory. They were having difficulty, you know, on the change projects that I was working on, as soon as they got into a place where they weren't able to deal with it in the way that they normally had, they just didn't have the structure or the process to get to the, the results that they needed. When I came across this, I went, there's got to be something here. So of course, I started doing research, I started looking into it. So the, the main difference between something like an MBTI or some of those other tools that are out there, which will give someone an assessment of themselves, or they'll look at the team and what's going on. The main difference here is that this is looking at how you interact with solving challenges, and it's giving direct feedback on what it is you need to do differently. And it's very practical because it's saying, here's what happens, here's what you do, here's what you can do instead. And, and so you've got a recipe for how to interact with other people quite easily around something that you need to do as a team on a regular basis. So what then happened was as we started to realize that this could help, I did even more research and I started looking at what's happening in that process of creative problem solving. Most people, again, think of the kinds of challenges that we're trying to solve in these things. When we're moving into new territory and doing new things, we can't go about doing that in the way that we've done before. We've got to think very differently and we've got to bring much more deliberate creativity to that process. Otherwise, we just don't get to the result. And so when I started to look at the dynamic, because again, a lot, a lot of these projects that I was working on were cross-organization projects looking to transform something in the business that had big impact on everyone else, which meant there were a lot of stakeholders involved. And a big challenge becomes how, how do you engage people in that process and where do, you, where, do you, where, where do you do that? And so as I started to look at creative problem solving, what I started to realize was there were very distinct parts in the process where it made sense to engage other people. And there were very distinct parts where if you did, you were just going to create a lot of headaches for yourself. And so what I did was I took that process and I overlaid a map for collaboration. So now we have something that gives an individual feedback on how they engage in that process, shows them how to actually navigate it, shows them where to engage other people with them, and shows them where they need to be making decisions on what they're going to be doing next. So that's, I think, the difference to what we're doing is we're explaining what the process of solving tough challenges looks like 
uh, dealing with ambiguity in uncertainty in environments looks like. And we give people the code to what they should be doing when and who they should be doing it with. So it, it makes it quite clear and it, it gives them a roadmap. Whereas, you know, the feedback I get from clients who've gone through some of these other assessments, right? There's always some team assessment that teams can go through. It's like, well, that was lovely. It helped me get to know their colors or their this or their that, but it didn't tell me how to work with them. And that's the difference, right? Most teams get formed because they want to know that they're formed around what they're going to do. They never have a conversation around how they're going to work. And this gives them the mechanism to have the conversation around how we're going to work and how we're going to navigate these crazy times and these things that are new to us and these things that are different or the times when we have to collaborate. It sounds like there's a number of steps then, isn't it? And I know that, you know, we've worked on the, the value ladder, if you like, in terms of how somebody gets started working with you and moving through and going deeper and then bringing in work with their whole team. For people listening today to the, to the podcast, what would be their best starting point with you? Is that um, to book a call with you, to come on a webinar? Where would they best start exploring this for themselves as a business owner? Well, if they're curious about this and they want to know a little bit more about what we do, we've got a free webinar. It runs for about an hour. It talks about this. It talks about uh, three things that typically happen in an environment, and it gives a little bit more background on the work that we do. And it's around navigating change and uncertainty, right? How do you get business results, good, good business results when you're navigating that change and uncertainty? So we've got that. We also... You know, for a long time, we were running only, this is part of our own leverage and digitization. Um, a lot of our work was only available in groups, right? So you'd have to have a group before we would come and work with you. But we realized that often people, they just need a little bit of information about themselves before they go. And what we've done is we've created an online version of our Mindset Reveal training. It's a two-hour program. And that'll give you the foresight assessment. So you learn something about yourself. But what it's also going to do is it's going to show you what's happening behind the scenes with your team. And you'll get some good insight into that. And so that's a really quick and inexpensive way to get some information and just see the potential of what happens when you can leverage a really deliberate process in, in the stuff that you can do. So those are two ways. And of course, we are always open to having a conversation with anybody who's curious and wants to know a little bit more. Perfect, perfect. That's amazing. Let me change tack now and turn to your own business. You've alluded to and the fact that you've yourself gone through a number of changes and innovations in response to challenges and opportunities that have come from the world we live in. And you know, things that have affected you more intimately in your own organization. And you say in your bio for me, the decision to move your business was a, a while back, in fact. So it's not just because of the pandemic, but we kind of see this change coming and needing to meet people in different ways and needed to have a greater reach of people. Then you need to have both the offline and the online offers going on. So you move towards online forms of marketing, sales and delivery. 
and obviously that's how we met and the work that we've mm-hmm. together so far. Tell us a little bit about, you know, behind the scenes for you in terms of that leverage strategy for what you wanted to achieve and what's the experience yeah. so far? Well, I will say, <laughs> I'll say that this, um, I'm glad we did it. It's not been easy and it will get easier, right? I'm, I'm really grateful we did it. So here's what happened. You've probably heard the story of many entrepreneurs, right? Businesses, small businesses have a, have a threshold of business that they get. And if they're a, a solopreneur, there's only so far they get with what they can do in their business, hence why we need to leverage. So I was in that position. We had a small consultancy. We were doing great work, but it was all work developed, you know, done by me, done by my team. And it was clear there was only so much that we were going to be able to do over time. And one day I was at a meeting with a bunch of Foresight partners. So Foresight is a strong partner of ours and we do global meetings on a regular basis. And anyway, there was a, there was a guy in one of the other countries in Europe and he just point blankly said to me, so what are you going to do to scale it? I went, what? <laughs> I'd never heard that word. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But at the same time, I was uh, sitting as an advisor to the Conference Board of Canada's Council of Innovation and Commercialization. So we had done a major study about that threshold in Canadian businesses and how they weren't pushing past a certain revenue mark, that they were really just in business to make sure they had, you know, a good life. And it was all about lifestyle and they weren't leveraging and growing. And it was like, wait a second. I'm in the innovation field. I need to be doing something different here. So I decided I better learn a lot more about this whole thing, about scaling and leveraging and looking at what to do. But it became really apparent I wasn't going to be able to do that and and do that by myself or doing things in the same way that I had done it. And that's the whole part about innovation. You've got to find more effective ways to get more done in, in less time. So I stepped back and I went, all right, so what do I need to do here? Some of the first things was I realized I needed to expand the team. I needed to be able to draw on a better team. So I needed resources and those sorts of things. So I built a global team. I went, okay, we're going to go global. We're going to do these things. But it's like, you know what? You can't market globally. You can't do anything globally unless you have some sort of leveraged digital structure set up. And so that really pushed my thinking and made me realize that there had to be some other way to do this. So first step was to look at the way we were delivering our programs and go, well, how can we deliver them and make that more effective? Because I spent three years on a plane, which was fun. I saw a lot of the world. Been there, done that. (laughs) But it's not sustainable. Um, You know, so it was like, okay, well, we're going virtual. So we made the decision to go virtual two years before the pandemic craziness did. And thank God we did because we had already put processes and things in place to navigate that way. The next stage was to look at what can we take online so that we could split out. We had a demand 
where a lot of the work that we were doing was team-based, so it was a leader and a team, but we had many situations where individuals wanted to tap and get access to what we were learning from a personal development standpoint, and also because they realized that they needed to do this ahead of their team. And so we then looked at what can we split off and how do we take our Think Up program and how do we make the training and the insights for that available in an online version so that individuals can take it and thank God so that when the world gets crazy and it becomes more difficult for teams to do their training in the same room or in the same Zoom call together, we can actually give them the flexibility of moving through that training on their own time frame. So they still can have coaching, they can still have access to us, you know, for that interaction or that personal touch, but we can allow them to get the training and do some of that learning. So that was another part of it. Of course, we needed to then look at, you know, when you're an independent business leader and you've got an accountant who still is doing everything by paper for you, and you know you're about to go on the road for three years, you better find a different way of doing accounting or nobody's getting paid, right? And so we had to actually find, and it was difficult to find at that time, an accounting firm that could understand that we wanted to digitize. It was bizarre. It was truly bizarre. And it was such a gift. One day I was at a golf tournament some business-related golf tournament, some guy sponsored a whole and was talking about all their great accounting and online and cloud stuff and whatever. I went, do you do this, this, and this? He goes, yeah. I went, really? And you're here? <laughs> yes. It's like, good. Have your boss call me. And like the next week we were signed up and we had converted. And it was like, you know, we had to say goodbye to the accountant that we had worked with for 10 years. And, and it was just like, hey, thanks for all your support. But, you know, the best thing you can offer me is you're going to put all of my stuff in a Dropbox. That doesn't work. We need online business transactions for mm -hmm. our accounting. So, you know, it was things like that, realizing we needed to get a customer relationship system, you know, things that we had to bring technology in to help manage the business. Now, you know, thank God I grew up at IBM. And, you know, early in my career, I was, you know, part of business transformation projects there. And I knew all about how you could leverage technology. So you know, I say to this day, there's still times where I go, businesses haven't caught up to today what we were doing at IBM a bazillion years ago. I don't want to date myself too much, but, <laughs> you know, it's, there is ways to use systems. I think that the, the biggest challenge is understanding how to get the most from them. Right. Because as you're moving into that territory, you really are reliant on the expertise of someone else. Right. You've got to choose the right vendor. You've got to choose the right partner to help you through that and take on that part for you. Yeah. And not overdoing it. I mean, sometimes I think the simplest solutions when you're getting started can be all that's needed to make some of those transitions. We've talked today about transactions and we talk a lot about transformations and digital transformation, but sometimes there are some things which are transitional steps. So it's pretty scary for a small business to make some of those big investments in some of the technology. So yeah, I think there are some simple solutions, but then it becomes the problem of how do you join it up together? And so as we were talking about teams, I know that we've done some work as well on making sure those processes, those systems, those tools are all working together in harmony and not kind of just creating another big 
load of work and a big headache. But that's for another call. I'm interested to know, you know, are you noticing a shift in what people are bringing to you? Not just because of COVID, but also because you're now online. I mean, you talked a little bit about now you can support sort of individuals who want to get ahead before they then bring in their team. But just generally speaking, are people bringing different things to you because you're now virtual as well as because of the pandemic has changed things for them? I think what's happening is it, it, it's it's really interesting because it's I'm going to say that it's it's been happening over the last few months. It's been a very subtle and slow thing. You know, a lot of leaders had to scatter. I mean, they've been in um, survival mode. You know, like they've had a lot on their plate. But what's what's coming now is people are starting to realize that they have stuff on their plates that they just need some help sorting through. So we've, we're surprised we're, we're having, we're having two things happen. We don't market and talk a lot about our meeting facilitation services or the fact that we can help people solve problems, you know, by running a session for them. It's just, it's not the main focus of our business. But what I've been really surprised about is how many people are coming to us for that. So while we've been out marketing, hey, we can teach your team how to collaborate. We can teach your team to um, solve problems more effectively. We can do these things to help you over these times. They're not ready to do the training all the time, but they sure want to get something off their plate. So we've throughout this year, you know, and more so in the last quarter, we've we've had People who call us and they go, yeah, that thing that you sent us out in the newsletter was really interesting, but that's not what I want to talk about. It made me call you because I'm having this problem. It's like, okay, let's talk about that. Okay, well, what do you want to have happen? Right? And they've, they've got clarity. It's like, I'm here. I want to be there. I just don't know how to get there. Can you help me get there? It's like, yeah, it'll take us like four hours. You want to get your team together? Yeah. And, and it's like, really? And, and like you can see visibly, because again, it's kind of cool. We're doing so many calls on, on video call. But you can just see visibly the, the, the tension come out of people's, like it's like they all of a sudden they start to breathe out and their shoulders go yeah. down. And it's like, really, you can help me? I said, yeah, I'll guarantee it. That's okay. We can, we'll get you there. It's going to be fine. And then it's this really delightful experience because the team gets to come together. They're using tools that they've never done. They're seeing the benefit of online collaboration. I mean, we worked with a team yesterday. They were so excited about the fact that they could do brainstorming online. It's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal because they don't know how to do it. And they never knew how to do it well to begin with, even if they were in the same room. And here we're bringing a structure to it and we're creating an environment that's online and effective and it's helping get things done. So yeah, that's been a real, that's been a big surprise to us. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll do that. Right. And then I think that leads into them having a conversation about the training and the others. You know, we're here to serve. There's so much we can do. And I, I just think there's so many leaders and so many teams that they just need to get themselves over a little bit of a rough spot. And then that opens things up. And that happens with all of us in our businesses. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we get to this place. What do we call it? We call it the bottleneck. Right. The thing that's just keeping us from going, the thing that's keeping us up at night. And if 
we can just figure out what that is and get some help to do it, it just opens things up and it makes the rest easier. That, that's exactly why I, I sent one or two clients to you because, you know, they know what they need to do. They haven't got time to learn it. So that what they needed was a kind of, can you do it for me uh, on the first occasion? And we've done this with our participative uh, process reviews that I mentioned before is the first time, you know, we'll go in and do, do it for you. You know, we'll mm -hmm. facilitate it, we'll, you know, understand what the sponsor of it all is, we'll get the team meetings all organised, you know, we'll run the meetings um, or lead them, facilitate them. And, um, and the next time then, we give them a set of templates so they can do it themselves, maybe with a little bit of support, and then yeah. you're on your own, you know, you can fly. Yeah. Because with process reviews, they start with one process, but there's lots of other processes. And I imagine every time you want to go through a change or innovation, you go through the same process, right? So you need to kind of go through this, this same number of steps. So do, having someone to come in and kind of do it for you just means it gets done. The bottleneck, as you say, gets done right away. And I absolutely love that. So um, there's some real short-term wins here in terms of productivity and getting people on the same page. And I mean, you said with Wildlife, said, you know, we can do it in four hours. <laughs> at least the first step anyway i think just remarkable remarkable yeah and it's again if you know the process and i'm a big you know i like what you just said about you know when you do your process reviews you do it for them the first time but you give them a template or something to do it on their own and and i'm a big proponent of that when i was looking at how do we structure or think up program and because of my background as an instructional designer because i worked in organizational change and transformation is like, okay, there's always a more effective and efficient way to get somewhere, right? And one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that if we went in and worked in an organization, that we left it better than when we came in. And we left people more resourceful and resilient than when we came in. And so it was really important to me. And I think back to our question around, you know, leveraging your business or making the choice to scale and do different things. If you're in a consulting practice where they're always dependent on you, you're limiting yourself. So what I wanted to do was make sure we were teaching them to do what we did so that they knew, you know, I, I, I use the teach them how to fish analogy, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Leave them so that they can do this for themselves. They're going to like you so much more for it. They're going to get so much more from it. And, you know, I, I know you talk a lot about impact, Jay. And it's like, you know, that's the impact. That's the difference I want to make in the world. I want to make a difference so that the next time somebody finds themselves in a pickle, they go, oh, I know what to do. That that's the real value as well. You know? and, and that, and it's just, we have relationships with clients that we've worked with so many years ago and we haven't done business with them in a while, but they still call and go, how are you doing? What's up? Let me tell you what's going on. And I love hearing the stories, but you know, they're the first person to say, oh, if you ever need a reference, let me know. Or, hey, you know what? I was talking to this guy, I've sent him to you. And that's how that grows too, right? When you're doing really good work that way and having that impact. Yeah, so I mean, they get the short-term wins from you working and doing it for them. And then the longer-term capability develops from there. And I, like, I really liked on your website as well, you talk about taking your team from lagging to thriving. Because I talk a lot about start, survive and thrive in your business. Yeah, I've just loved our conversation. And my final kind of punch question to you, if you like, and I ask all my expert guests 
If you had a superpower that you could use to instantly create more leverage in your business, what would you choose? Oh my God. If I had a superpower to instantly create more leverage. Wow. I find I operate uh, much at an intuitive level. So I get a sense of, you know what, there's something here. We need to be able to do something. And because of all of the other things that I'm doing, I, I kind of note that down and it's like, okay, we'll deal with this. If I could deal with that faster, it would be great. <laughs> I don't know. So a superpower of speed, um, it's like, again, I've got to be able to conceive it and communicate it to someone to go and do something with it. So if I could get that out and wrapped up and able to hand over faster, that would be fantastic. It would be a load of fun. So Sounds, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's answering it. It, it is just like it is. And, and I, I just get it all packaged up so that I can do the perfect handover for someone so that they can go and run. We've got a great uh, we've we found a fantastic resource to do a lot of our marketing work. And uh, when we profiled her with Forsyth bringing her onto the team, it turned out she was a clarifier and an implementer. Now that's not usual for somebody in marketing. Usually they're ideas people. And what was really interesting was when we shared that with her, she went, you know what? The clients that I have difficulty with are the ones that don't know what they want to do. I went, yeah. So now you don't have to get frustrated with them. You just need to be able to ask them these questions, take a deep breath and understand and let them understand that for you to be brilliant, you need this from them. And they are going to be so happy that you're going to do that for them because they haven't yet. She goes, oh my God, like she said, it just opened up her whole consulting practice for her. Because I know that it's like, I got to hand it over in a way. So, you know, it's like, Amazing. I don't like tossing stuff over the fence. So if I could just package that up better, right from the start, faster, uh, that would be really good. <laughs> oh, from what I've known from you so far is you you package it up in a, in a, what you call a challenge question. And I, I, I always thought that was a good way of doing it. And Danny Innie, who I work with, as you know, as well, um, he talks about what are we solving for? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's such a great question because, you know, whether you're coming at it from a consulting point of view or a coaching point of view, that's the real crux of that bottleneck. It's like, what is the innovation actually solving for? Um, what do we get our minds onto? And sometimes it is an instinct that something's not working. You've talked about that earlier about, you know, how do we fix this? How do we get ideas to fix this? And then a process to implement the the best the best solution that we've come up with so this was such good fun i mean there's so many things that we could explore with these uh, different lines of questioning really and we're you know we're well out of time so just very quickly is there any parting wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with yeah don't go it alone it's just no fun it's too much burden there's so much magic that happens when you learn to harness the people around you to help you do what you want to do. And it can be so much easier to do that when you've got a good process and you've got a, a good way to, to, to engage them. You'll love it. They'll love it. It'll be great for all of you. It's really, it's really something that lifts people up and, you know, making the effort to do that with your team there's so many spillover effects. You know, you'll hear stories about 
how learning how to work with them better teaches them how to work better at home. And, and right, there's just so much that comes from learning how to collaborate properly. So yeah, don't go it alone. It doesn't, it does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. I agree. I agree. So we've talked a little bit about the best places that people can go and check you out. I will put all of the links to your website, to your mindset reveal and to your LinkedIn. So people have the ability to follow up with you and, uh, find out a little bit more but um yeah thank you again Janice I know everyone will have got so much out of this I've certainly enjoyed it and if you're a frustrated leader because you know your team could achieve more then I think Janice is the person to contact so definitely go over to the website leave a comment let us know your thoughts on this and check out bridgepointeffect.com if you'd like support in any of this area so wow I enjoyed our conversation thank you so much Thanks, Jay. It was great to be here with you. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.